0: Obi-Wan, have you done as I asked? Have you trained the boy? Master Qui-Gon, how are you here? I am here because you are here.
1: I, I don't understand. What is this place?
0: Unlike any other, a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. Are we in danger? This planet is both an amplifier and a magnet. Three are here who seek Skywalker. They, like me, believe him to be the Chosen One. You are right.
1: The Force within him is stronger than any known Jedi. I've trained him as well as I could, but he's still willful and balance eludes him.
0: If he is the Chosen One, he will discover it here. And if not? Then you must realize with his power, this is a very dangerous place for him to be. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists! So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to Send in the Clones! In this episode... Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan find themselves in a mysterious world of mystery! There, Anakin must pass the test of a mysterious being with powerful force abilities and confront his own guilt over past failures! Hey, troops, it's your old buddy, Bucho, on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the Qui-Gon to my Obi-Wan. It's our trusty pal, Robbie. Hello there, and we are here to talk about the 59th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's season three, episode fifteen, Overlords. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so here's where the fun begins, right? I mean, this is uh, <laughs> this is this is some some of the big stuff that was hinted but it was our first opportunity to really kind of peer into the mind of George and what all this was about. I remembered very well all of what happens. It's so interesting and different than anything we'd seen because it's almost like peering behind the curtain. You know, this is this is what Lucas had in mind for the Force all these years, you know, and he had this in his head somewhere there's so many questions that come out of it and yet there's so many answers as well as to I guess depending on your point of view there's a lot of answers so anyway yeah I mean this was just amazing to see it again but more than that I want to know what you thought of this because I mean this shakes up a lot of things this changes the way you view things in a way you know like we were living in the matrix and now you get to see behind the scenes you know what i mean it's like so i'm i'm really curious as to hear what your thoughts on on all of this stuff is
0: well i do like that they expand this world of powerful force users by introducing this trio right i don't know though that they really succeeded in showing how the daughter and the sun are significantly different from the Jedi and the Sith beyond that shape-shifting ability. They come across like they're just much more powerful versions of a Jedi and the Sith. And I mean, shape-shifting abilities in and of themselves are just another power, really. Or can be seen as just another power, if you look at it from a certain point of view. And the Jedi and the Sith are defined more by philosophies than by the specific powers, at least to me. So that shape-shifting thing is almost like window dressing, or it's a surface thing so I mean when we talk about the fact that one side uses sith lightning and the other has friend of the animal's powers or what have you that's just a list of weapons when it comes down to it that's surface level stuff so the real stuff when it comes down to sith and jedi is more like the embrace of compassion and order and harmony and peace on one side versus the embrace of selfishness and passion and chaos and war on the other and here and what is the first of a three episode story i'm still not really clear about what marks out the daughter and the son As being too distinct from the Jedi's and the Sith aside from those surface level powers and the old man if anything given that he's trying to prevent war and chaos he doesn't read so much as neutral he reads more as just another Jedi because he's basically doing what Yoda wants to do he wants to prevent war and prevent chaos and keep peace and find some sort of harmony so I mean because from what we see of him here he's more for his daughter and kind of against his son, the way that it's set up is not that he's trying to keep balance; that it, he's trying to rein the son, and he's not trying to rein the daughter, and so he doesn't feel neutral between them. So all of that stuff when we get, oh, you're so simple putting things in the context of Jedi and stuff like that's a line that someone can say to say, "Yeah, <laughs> you're so simple." But the episode itself, for me, it doesn't really go anywhere. At least in this first part of the three-part story because those words sound portentous and sound like there's something else going on but what we see just seems like a more powerful version of Jedi and Sith having a different kind of battle I mean does that does anyone <laughs> just see it make sense this is where I'm coming at it seeing it from the first time and I mean I've mentioned that I've picked up things about the Clone Wars just through osmosis over the years from listening to so many podcasts and reading so many forums and of all the arcs in the Clone Wars the Mortis arc was one that I'd heard about so many times and just like the name Ahsoka was familiar to me and Rex was familiar to me the Mortis arc as a thing was something that I have pretty much anticipated since the start and so I hope I'm not taking too much expectation into this trilogy I mean does does that response make any sense from your point of view? I
1: think so. I mean, and there's... After I watched uh, the whole arc again, you know, I've been able to, I guess, contextualize my thoughts by watching other people's thoughts on it. I mean, I get exactly what you're saying because, of course, the, the idea of balance of the force is something that's been in kind of a... in debate, you know, for so many years. It's like, well, how can... If the light wipe out all the dark then how is that balance? You know what I mean? Right. I feel like this is almost one where you kind of have to just, you know, you kind of have to watch it and then think about it for a while and then come back to it. Because every time I've watched it, I get something more out of it. It's so dense with ideas, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that what you've got going right now in your head is the right idea. But I think you need time to stew on it because it's one of those that, and you still haven't watched everything yet. Sure. See, that's the thing. We're not done. And that's the cool part about this is that this was kind of like, at least from my point of view, this was that first step into this larger thought about the force. And it's also, you know, it drops these little hints and these little ideas that may not pay off for years down the road. I mean, even into a different series. You know what I mean? Sure. Because Rebels touches on some of this stuff, too. And it takes time for it to be, you know, the the way that you're watching it with binging it, you know, or I mean, you're not... Literally binging it, but you know what I'm saying. You're watching them. pretty sure,
0: sort of semi-binging it, right? I think true binging, you watch four episodes a day or something. Yeah. Whereas this one episode a day is sort of a half, a half binge. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the way that you're ex- <laughs> a slow binge or a fast paced. I don't know what it no, is. No, yeah,
1: but the way that you're experiencing it, you've got time to let those ideas stew and and watch some of these other, you know, the other episodes that are really, really good and all that, and then. Eventually once we get down to rebels, other things will start to become clear and other ideas are presented that you're like, okay, that's interesting, you know, and then even some of the the stuff in the movies, the meaning changes a little bit. And I, I think that's why I've always loved this series in particular so much, is because of that. Because of the way that it informs the movies and contextualizes some of those things that we've seen in the movies that we maybe thought about, but didn't really understand, but maybe it wasn't something that was in the forefront of our minds. Right. So I think that's kind of, that's what's cool about these episodes in particular.
0: Well, my favorite parts of the episode, I've got to say, were (laughs) were the parts with our favorite classic characters, you know, the father and the son and the daughter, I kind of, maybe they just washed over me a little bit. I didn't find them hugely compelling but maybe part of the reason for that is because of how compelling Anakin and Ahsoka and even Obi-Wan in this episode and we've talked before about how Obi-Wan is at a certain level where we don't get to see him be too flawed or even too challenged a lot of the time but I mean when Qui-Gon's voice appeared and then Obi-Wan turned to see his old master there in ghostly form I almost unconsciously, almost as if the force had taken over I mashed the pause button and I ripped off my headphones and I stood up from my seat with my arms raised <laughs> into the sky, Ruby just like I might say when a shockingly spectacular and triumphant moment occurs while watching sports or something I was so happy with that moment I was like wait a minute what am I doing I'm standing here with my arms raised and <laughs> it was just I mean I don't know how else to say it but you know I think I have mentioned before on the show that I've just always been a fan of Qui-Gon and I had known that he appears in this series, and I think I had known that he appears in the motorcycle, but for some reason I had forgotten that when I started this Hmm. episode. So that took me completely by surprise in pretty much the best way possible. So can you remember the first time you watched this? Can you remember your response to Qui-Gon turning up in ghost form?
1: Uh, Yeah, and and I think for me it was because I wasn't sure of what the hell was going on. (laughs) Yeah. It was more of a, okay, pause, and... Is that really Liam Neeson? Yeah, amazing. Did they really get Liam Neeson to come back to Star Wars? And of course, at that point, you know, I'm, I was probably watching it live or close to live, right? Maybe there wasn't a. <laughs> so you
0: couldn't just look it up like I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Like holy cow, that sounds like Liam. Yeah,
1: I mean, there was, there was so much, and Shmi as well. You know, Pernilla August coming back as well. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was shocking, and it gave even more weight to the story. And it was like, okay. If they're pulling out these big guns, then this must be important. This must be something to really tune into. And I was already intrigued, but... I mean, it just meant more and more and more as time went on that this was something interesting, you know? So it's cool to hear your, uh, that that even though you were spoiled, that you were still surprised to see him. It was cool.
0: Yeah, I guess I was so wrapped up in what was going on and trying to work out what was going on, I forgot, you know, that he was turning up. And how about the lines, Obi-Wan, have you done as I've asked? Have you trained the boy? I'm just giving myself goosebumps just even saying that, and straight back into that master-student dynamic, and Obi-Wan, who we never see as a student, even when he's hanging around, you know, Master Yoda, he's basically, he's he's a rank down maybe, but we don't see Obi-Wan be a student at all in the series so far, unless unless this has rocked me so hard I'm forgetting it, but see obi-wan go straight back to that place where he's confronted again by his master and his master's coming up basically challenging have you done what i've asked have you trained the boy it's puts obi-wan back on his heels and it's so amazing and fun to see obi-wan be in that mode
1: yeah i mean it's interesting for them too even though you know this is kind of all about anakin being the chosen one right it's the reason that they're here the reason that they were brought here right but uh it is definitely interesting to me to see, I guess, the role that, that Obi-Wan plays in this story and Ahsoka as well, because, I mean, she's definitely faced with her own sorts of yeah. visions and her own sorts of uh, challenges here. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is just, ah, uh, it's fun stuff, man.
0: Yeah, Ahsoka meeting her future self was just, I mean, one maybe one notch down in awesomeness like that, and I, I thought hearing Adult Ahsoka, tell little Ahsoka that Anakin has planted seeds of the dark side in her. And Ahsoka replies, "No, he is like no other Jedi. He's passionate, impulsive, but I trust him with my life. And I've said before, in other episodes, that one of my favourite things is hearing characters talk about other characters. And so that's one of those examples of that. We get to hear her say what she thinks about, you know, her master Anakin, and." Her vision, of course, disagrees in this saying. Yeah. Basically, that boy's no good. You better run, girl. (laughs) And then, coming back to that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan scene, Obi-Wan also talks about Anakin. He says to Qui-Gon, You were right. The force within him is stronger than any known Jedi. I've trained him as well as I could, but he's still willful and balance eludes him. So, we get that sense. Up until now, we've gotten that sense that Obi-Wan thinks this of... Anakin but this is the first time he said it out loud and it's amazing to hear I mean it blew me away
1: yeah and it's I uh, it's uh, it's so this is one of those pathways right that if Anakin had made the choice to stay and to take the place of the father right in this particular episode right. that you're just like well what would have what the, what would have happened you know I think I've talked uh, briefly about the uh, Infinities comics before, and maybe it was something we discussed offline, but basically the idea of if you change one element, you know, maybe the plans do get destroyed, you know, (laughs) like the guy doesn't hold fire and shoots the escape pod when the see-through PO and RT, you know, what, how does the story transpire, you know, if so-and-so makes this choice at this point, what happens here? I mean, so it's, this is one of those situations where it's like, well, what would have happened if Anakin had stayed? I mean there's just so many things that could have changed from him making a different choice it's just it's what's those cornerstone episodes you know that that just kind of come out of nowhere and just blow you away
0: yeah I mean that's one of the things that I didn't even get to I guess because one of the themes of Star Wars has always been destiny right the, I guess the two main themes we might say are hope and destiny and so I never considered what would have happened if you'd done this because it just is so kind of on rails to him becoming Vader but that is always a fun, you know, mental exercise, a fun creative exercise even to think what happens if something goes different at this particular fork in the road but speaking of people talking about Anakin, Anakin of course talks about himself in this episode mm-hmm. and there's a really heartbreaking scene where you get to hear Anakin say the only love I feel in my heart is haunted by what would happen should I let it go? And we've talked about, we're both fans of Matt Lanter here and the performances from both Matt Lanter and the animation team who are, you know, who are, are the actors basically for Anakin. The physical actors of the animation team. Right. They are top-notch firing on all cylinders in that scene. And man, it's heartbreaking because we <laughs> you can think back. I always think back to that little kid, that little Jake Lloyd Anakin And what a sweetheart he was. (laughs) And it's hard to hear Anakin going through this stuff, knowing that that's where he came from and knowing where he's going.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's... I mean, if you really look at this trio of episodes, it's one of those where there's not one fault of animation. I mean, there are elements that are just so gorgeous. I mean, spoiler alert for my favorite shot of the episode when Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are walking and the world is kind of blooming around them it's just there's so much beauty in the way that these episodes are animated I mean they really like you said they just pulled out all the stops for this for good reason right I mean (laughs) if you're gonna have uh Liam Neeson and Perlillo August come and reprise their roles you better uh you better be firing on all cylinders
0: yeah it's Feels almost like it's an end of season thing and we know that it's not because we're only at episode 15 of season 3 here but often we feel like, and this is not just true of the Clone Wars, it's true of a lot of shows where they save the big stuff until last and this one feels like they are bringing it ahead so I look forward to what happens later in the season if this is what they're doing mid-season. But just before we get off things that Anakin says, it's not all portent and destiny and massive emotions there's also quite a fun little bit with Anakin and Ahsoka when Anakin is going off with the father and Ahsoka says do not trust him and Anakin says sarcastically you think yeah <laughs> and there's just a fun little sort of lighthearted moment that you know shows that Ahsoka is obviously concerned for her master but also Anakin basically being Anakin and uh, it's like that little moment too oh yeah i mean there's i think that's a really smart thing to
1: do too is is to I mean, these are some heavy episodes, you know, with a lot of... I mean, there's just a lot going on. So to have that little, you know, moments of levity and character shine through.
0: Well, we've already gotten your shot of the episode, Robbie, and it'll probably come as zero surprise to anyone that my number one shot of the episode is the one... Actually, let's just go back. There was another shot that I really enjoyed that I wanted to bring up. Where we get a shot in the cave, the camera just kind of swoops around, almost like a roaming... Mm. Drunken drone and basically a continuous mob a continuous mobile Dutch angle that ends with this fast dolly on Obi-Wan's face But of course my number one shot of the episode is the one immediately after that when we see Obi-Wan We see Obi-Wan in close-up from the other side First he's looking toward the sleeping Padawan and then he looks to the other side and then he looks to ghost mode Qui-Gon Jinn and I don't know if it's the shot of Qui-Gon Jinn or if it's the shot of Obi-Wan seeing Qui-Gon Jinn, but you know, how could that not be my favorite show of the episode? <laughs> but for now, we got to sum this one up, Robbie. What were your overall thoughts of Overlords, and where does it sit on that four-star Robbie scale?
1: Well, it's no question that I really, really love these episodes, because it not only... I mean, I'll get... I'd probably have to get into this more maybe in the last episode of the arc, but uh, there's definitely some, uh, some hints as to sort of the main idea of star wars in these episodes so i mean they're, to me they're super important i think this one is probably gonna be a, a 3.75 out of four
0: boom powerful yeah i probably have to live with a little bit more because like i said i found the stuff with the father and the daughter and the son maybe less compelling than i was hoping to or than i thought it might be they don't feel like characters per se and maybe you know maybe they're not supposed to be or whatever so that part of it really took a back seat to me I mean all the I guess what's supposed to be the big stuff took a back seat to the character stuff with Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka which all of which I was really a fan of I mean that cave scene with Qui-Gon and that old Ahsoka and Obi-Wan showing us a side of him we almost never get to see you know when he expresses his doubts about his work we've talked so many times about how Obi-Wan is the rock of the series right Obi-Wan and Yoda those are the guys who are the rocks and here we see him expressing doubts and it really opens that character up and like in the best way I think and seeing Obi-Wan and Ahsoka paired up in general throughout a bunch of the episode was a ton of fun you know we don't get to see those two paired up too often either and I have overlords at 8 hovering rocky vegetation covered masses out of 10 because that's something that I don't think we mentioned yet, those floating rocks Robbie, Yeah. you see that and you're thinking hey we're somewhere a little bit different now, I don't know where but those hovering rocky vegetation covered masses and I'm a fan of that sort of thing so that's mission accomplished for season 3 episode 15 overlords, Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know if they have any feedback for us how can they reach us
1: Okay, we are Bucho and Robbie at
0: Gmail on Twitter and
1: Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y.
0: Yes, sir, and of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 60th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 16, Alter of Mortis. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Fucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to and Robbie at gmail.com.
1: The Force will be with you.